0: Señor mastering others is strength mastering yourself is true power Lao Tzu Just go hard I need some motivation motivation Every day I try a little harder but my dedication, uh, dedication. keep my head way way above the water trying myself on that yell at the wall banging the drum but I needed to crawl I see the finish line up ahead trying to get traction from all of this tread I am a king I am a queen am Ladies and gentlemen welcome back welcome back the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah Sullivan, and I'm your host. And listen, um, if you're a new listener, if this is if you're turning tuning in for the first time, this is the show that's going to help you out with your leadership. It's going to help you out with success. It's going to help you out with your mindset and much, much more. You know, it's a mix of personal development and leadership development. And the, the reason why we created this podcast is to improve the lives of others and help you and your team get to victory okay? One of the most rewarding things in life uh, is achievement. It really is. But you know what's even greater than that? It's helping others achieve. I mean, think about this. In your own life, what feels better? You know, maybe you have a son, maybe you have a daughter, maybe you have a parent, maybe you have a friend that somebody in your team that you've helped take to the next level. And doesn't it feel so good? when they get that little victory, they get that milestone and you played a small role in it. You know, so we have a huge problem in the world and that's poor performing people and poor leadership. This podcast, it fixes that problem or at least we're taking an attempt at it. You know, the only way to truly, truly fix the problem of poor performing people and poor leaders is to be the example. And that's what this is about. It's about creating clarity, about what it takes to succeed. It's about creating clarity and leadership. And it's about taking this information and putting it into action. Okay, so I have an amazing podcast for you today. Of recent, you know, we just finished up uh, my Men's Rite of Passage event, 33 hours. And it was a transformative experience. In fact, you may have went back and you listened to the last episode where we talked about it. During that event, you know, I was just blown away by the things that were the things that came forward at the event itself. You know, I was sharing a little bit with some friends and some family members and you know, the, I didn't ever, I didn't dive into anybody and share anybody's specific details that, you know, that they came, you know, I didn't share anybody's information after the event, but I did share themes, things that we saw, things that happened out there. And some of the challenges that that people are experiencing right now, they shouldn't be challenges. You know, they really shouldn't. People everywhere are struggling with their relationships. Okay, they're struggling with their relationship with themselves, their relationship with others, whether it's man or woman. But there's this theme right now where people are alone, And to be just frank, they feel like shit. And that was very apparent during this event, and it's been even more apparent ever since the event when I've looked at the lives of others that didn't attend, and I see the same challenges that the men were going through, and I see these in the lives of everyone that's around me. Okay? And so today's episode, we're going to address one of the subjects that, that came up at the event. Okay? And that's managing your emotions. You know, how many of you guys or gals when you know you've you've lost it you've gotten upset and either that resulted in an outburst or maybe you went into a cycle of self-pity and you wanted to disappear well those are byproducts of losing control of your emotions of trying to bottle them up and not releasing them to be free okay so today's episode if you're a leader and you're you're experiencing what i call as the burden of command this is going to be a great show for you the burden of command is the, all the pressure that goes along leading your team to victory okay the internal pressure you put on yourself the external pressure that exists upon you and the burden of command is no joke it can break you and so i'm excited today for today's show i'm excited to break down strategies and tactics that can help you regain emotional control so that you and your team could win. And uh, as always, I'm joined by my very insightful, very bright, and incredibly handsome and a beautiful goatee, my co-host, the Podfather himself, Justin Phillips. What's up, dude? I
1: might have I might have just needed all that. Um, how's it going? I'm <laughs> I'm tired. I'm back in the Eastern Time Zone yeah. over here. You know, suffering from extreme jet lag like 30 <laughs> 33 hours jet lag is different than jet lag you know it's it's yeah. a whole other fucking level but um we're back
0: yeah we're back in the saddle trying to figure it out and get back started i uh did a post today on social media about what i'm experiencing you know i don't know i can only imagine what you're experiencing <laughs> being out there too it's like yeah you know, guys gals this is a good even lesson in itself man you know you, you, as a leader you're gonna you're going to do things. You're going to go to extreme lengths for your friends your family, for your team. You're going to go do things and you're going to put yourself out there. And the after effects of that are uh, you you can, you can get completely exhausted and you may even potentially burn out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know for myself recently, I'm doing about seven things and I should be doing them all individually. And uh, (laughs) so I came back from the event and I've been dealing with a little bit of this, the pressure that goes along from something like that. Anyways, point being, I did this story today, and I shared that if you're if you're a, if you're going through the burden of command, if you're if you're carrying some pressure on your shoulders, create a light at the end of the tunnel for yourself. Plan that rest day. Plan that day where you get to sleep in a little bit. Push through, get there, and enjoy your little victory because uh, we still got a lot of work to do, and that's the only way through it. But Justin, um, I feel you, bro. I feel you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel you, man. Before we dive into this t- t- today's stuff, man, any big. Things you've been thinking about since the event. You know, you had a Jesus. unique lens.
1: Yeah, um, honestly, not a lot that we didn't already probably cover in last week's episode. Um, also, especially with our recording times of how these episodes are like falling right now with everything going on. But um, I've just I've been going through a lot of shit, frankly, all the way through 33 hours. And so I've been, I've been trying to, I've been trying to focus in on myself a little bit more, and I think that might be a good place to start with what we're about to talk about actually because funny enough uh, may is mental health awareness month i Mm. found out um and all of this is coming up at this time which i think is incredibly serendipitous but i've just i i've been struggling with it and i think a lot of there's a lot to be said about people nowadays are trying so fucking hard to like not feel like shit (laughs) mentally And I almost think it can just further it just further makes you feel like shit when you're like trying really hard to be worth something, for lack of a better way to put it. And that that's what I've been going through a lot of lately and trying to take a step back and kind of reflect on why I'm doing what I'm doing and all that type of thing, because when when you're working that hard towards something or just trying to like earn some level of respect and things keep like falling apart it's it's almost like double whammy uh,
0: type of shit oh, yeah. that people are going through yeah dude that's so true man um you know every there's levels in life you know and you you break through these levels and then you get new responsibility and you keep working you maybe break through that level and then there's another level and all these levels have different layers and different feelings of resistance different different uh, ways of making you feel challenged and frustrated and they keep changing and adapting to you. It's kind of like that movie Terminator. you know the I think it was number three where you had the, the metallic uh, terminator that kept transforming into liquid and then hard form, right solid form you know, when you're up against these challenges in life and you're trying to push and you're trying to grow. What ends up happening is the resistance that you face, it almost like molds and conforms and gives you a new shape (laughs) to confront. Right. And so you're like, you burst through the first level of life and you start, you know, you start feeling good about yourself and you're like, I'm doing all right. And the next thing you know, you're right back at it and you feel like shit again. And you're, you're like, what's going on now? Like, what the heck, man? And, you know, we saw a lot of that at the event. And I think that, you know, you you bringing up the fact that you're going in inside a little bit more is uh, very very insightful, and not only that, but I wish more people would do it because I think a lot of people are miserable inside. I think a lot of people are doing what I call as containing their emotions versus controlling them. You know, this is a, the thing that I spoke about at the event. I we uh, started talking about. You know vulnerability. I'm not sure if you were there for that that little segment, but you know, I was at. We went down the line. We asked all these men, these leaders, essentially, said, "Hey, what does vulnerability mean to you?" And a lot of them had this this stigma about it. You know, about the word, and they had a stereo, like they had a belief about it that wasn't conducive to you know believing in it. Mm -hmm. They they thought that vulnerability meant you know maybe being a victim or oversharing. Or complaining too much and, and that being vulnerable meant that you just wore your emotions on the sl- on your sleeve and i was like no 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 the truth of the matter is that vulnerability means that you're putting yourself out there you're exposing yourself to risk physical or mental or excuse me physical or emotional harm right like if you have a conversation with a loved one that you're fearing but you know you need to have that's you putting yourself out there emotionally and you're risking harm. It's like running towards gunfire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. But, it, but what that is, when you embrace those tough conversations, when you embrace uh, that resistance and when you act vulnerable, what you're really doing is you're being courageous. Okay. And so I said, you know, basically told these men that if we're not being vulnerable, then we're not being courageous. Okay. So that we continued on the discussion and I started talking about how sharing what's going on inside of you is one of the best ways that you can be vulnerable. Okay. And I started talking about emotional control. I kind of like to look at it like emotional command, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, good good emotional control. A good leader has has a has control and command over their emotions. Okay. And I look at it. Like being able to, when I'm feeling something inside, what I want to do as a high-quality leader or, or or man, or it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, to be honest, it's direct those emotions to what I want to shoot, you know, like a weapon. It's my, I'm going to point my crosshairs at the thing, and I'm going to release, and I'm going to shoot that target, and I'm going to allow all my emotions to come through, right? I kind of think of like a, uh, one of those anger rooms. You know, you'd all, you you ever ever see those, you get those angry rooms and you go in there and you break everything, right? I look at it like that, but in a different way, depending on what emotion you're experiencing. Whereas most people and a lot of leaders do what's, they try to contain their emotions. And what they do is really they point that weapon right at themselves. okay? So if we want to be healthy, thriving leaders in life, what we really need to get good at is not containing our emotions, but commanding and controlling them and releasing them in a way that's healthy for us, that's conducive to us so that we feel free and we aren't burdened by them. Because when you feel like shit, it just gets worse. Those feelings don't go away. You You just get used to having them until one day it's too late. One day you're putting a gun to your head or one day you're doing something that's not, you know, you're walking down that line, you know? So... That's my first initial, you know, thoughts on the subject. Is it's more it's it's very important that a leader learns how to how to control, command, and control their emotions, versus just containing them all the time.
1: In terms of leadership, too, it can also can also become contagious. Not really contagious, but um, one of the things I hear a lot. I listen to uh, the the one and only Dr. John Deloney quite a bit. Actually, talks about this kind of stuff. And I was listening to him today's talk talking about parenting, right? And we'll have parents call in asking usually about advice on how how do I teach my kids about money, how do I teach my kids about emotional control, that type of thing. And his, his response is always the same and fairly accurate too. And it's that the the number one thing that you could do for your kids in whichever area it is, your health, your wealth, your relationships, is to be whole yourself right, is to be able to take care of yourself first. And so I think that I think that's going to tie into a lot of what you have to say um, across this whole episode about about just why it's important to really start to learn emotional command for yourself. And probably why we see so many problems with it in the first place, too, is this lack of leadership that this whole podcast was basically formed around. Right. There's a lot of people out there that grew up in God knows what parenting situations, God knows what schooling situations, you know, and they just grew up in a way where they had a whole bunch of other emotionally unstable people leading them through life. It's kind of no wonder we've gotten to the point that we're at. And so it's, it's up to you listening to this right now to decide if you're going to be the one that, you know, if you're going to be the broken link in that chain and start a new chain and kind of take command of your own shit because it's going to matter to everyone in your circle that you do yeah
0: it's so true man you hit the nail on the head is the the problem is systemic right the problem with emotional control is that the system doesn't teach us how to manage this very important part of our life Okay, we you know a lot of times people will use an argument that emotional control is really up to the parents. Well, you know what? I don't actually agree. I think that what we're teaching in schools is we're teaching the most important things last or not at all. The most important things that we teach in school, we should be teaching we should be teaching each, each other and teach, teaching these kids more about themselves in school. Mm-hmm. We don't why is it that we're we go to this we get this curriculum. We go to the academic institutions and we're taught all this knowledge. And you go through the entire system and you know nothing about yourself. You know, you know where you're failing. And a lot of times people attach their identity to those failures, but they don't know some of the most important things about themselves. They don't know how to, like we're saying, command and, and control their emotions. They don't know who they are as a person. They think that they are their name. You're not your name. You have a name. You're not your body. You have a body. You know, and so we go through this, this structure, this system. And then we get at the back end of it. And we're left confused, we're left frustrated, we're left lost. You know, we, we're left with this problem of not being able to feel the way that we want to feel. And it really comes down to not knowing enough about ourselves and how to master ourselves. And uh, <clears throat> one of the reasons why people, um, why, why emotional control is so important and why uh, outbursts happen, okay? When, when, okay, here, the byproduct of not controlling your emotions is that you're going to self-destruct in some way. Okay, when you don't have full control over your emotions and you're compartmentalizing, you're containing, you're going to self-destruct. Either some, something's gonna happen. You're, like I said at the beginning, you're gonna think about things and feel in a negative way until you're in a state of depression and a state of anxiety and a state of fear in a state of loneliness. Like those feelings are just gonna keep driving you down that path. Or they turn into anger and then you have these outbursts. Okay, but in all situations, the emotional uncontrol, it comes from not being able to express oneself, not being able to communicate what's going on with those feelings inside. Okay. So the core issue that, that humanity has, and I mean, leaders have exponentially is when they're going through something, many of them are not emotionally potty trained. They're not. They're running around. They they feel like shit, which means they have to, quote unquote, take an emotional piss, right? They got to relieve themselves. But what do they do? They just keep trying to hold it. Mm-hmm. Hold, it, hold it. And they hold it, and they hold it, and they hold it, and they hold it, and they hold it until they piss on themselves. Okay? So what we re- really need to do if we want to fix this problem is we got to learn how to express ourselves. We have to learn how to Label our feelings, turn those into words, articulate them, and then get what we want from them. In other words, if I got a shitty marriage, shitty uh, relationship with my parents, shitty relationship with my any member of my family, and I'm feeling resentful inside, what I have to do is be able to take those feelings and construct it into words and sentences where I can express myself to those people in order to bridge the gap between where I'm at and where they're at in our relationship. Does that make sense?
1: That makes sense, yeah.
0: Anything come up for you for that?
1: Um, I, a lot of people are going to struggle with not having anybody in the first place to take those things to. I mean, if you have a shitty you know, marriage or a shitty relationship with your parents, you have your, your spouse or your parents to take it up with. What about for the people that are, you know, some of the triggers for these... Emotional timeframes could be death of a loved one. It could be breakups, you know, and that's, that's kind of a different thing because you're just feeling lost without the person.
0: So an example you're saying, what happens when you have somebody you can't express yourself to, you can't talk to somebody to. Yeah. Question you got to ask yourself in that situation is what is it about myself that makes me feel like I shouldn't find anybody to express myself to? See what I'm saying? So what I mean is that um, I've, I've actually struggled with loneliness for a big part of my life. I grew up with three brothers, but we, have, we all live separate lives. And to be honest, you know, I got I turned 16, I had a car and I was pretty much gone. Got into the military and I've, I've been away from them since I was 17, 18 years old. And only recently have we really started reuniting and connecting again. And I, I forgot how much I cared being around them because I, I had gotten so used to being alone. I just got so accustomed to feeling alone that I settled for it. And what I never really stopped to ask myself was why is it that I'm tolerating being alone? What is it about myself? Why do I believe I deserve to be alone? Because that's really what's happening. I, I was attracting loneliness okay and a lot of that is self-worth related self-worth issues and I you know I built a whole story around it like you know I get not only was I in the military but then I get into the special operations community and I start you know striving for high high achievement and then I get into entrepreneurships and those are when you start taking those paths in life you start choosing entrepreneurship and high achievement there's not a lot of traffic over there and the masses aren't really going in that direction so what ends up happening is you become isolated from everyone and along the way, you you start to feel lonely, and you just like you're like shit. Well, I guess this is just how it is. And if you go back towards the people in the communities that you departed from, what ends up happening is you can't really relate to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost as painful to be over there as it is to be alone. Right. All right. And so what happened to me is I got accustomed to that. But the thing is, I was lying to myself. I told myself that I was just different and that. I just need to keep working until I got to this level of success that I was after. I just need to keep my head down and do the work. But the real problem is that I wasn't looking up and looking around for who I could build a relationship with. You know, and I was waiting for everybody else to come to me with a relationship. That's a big problem too. Everybody, everybody wants friends, but nobody wants to be the one to initiate, to make friends. You know, so you said, what does somebody do if they're feeling alone well, the responsibility and the ownership goes back onto that person.
1: I mean, I guess you're not wrong. I just, like, it's just it's just an easier said than done, you know, type of deal, which, obviously, but...
0: I can give some practical things. That, so, okay, so let me give a tactical thing. If you're somebody that feels alone, okay, if you're somebody that feels lost, depressed, down, and, like, nobody really gives a shit about you, okay, and you accept... That you're responsible for your well-being. You're responsible for the relationships that come into you. Okay? Come to you. The first couple steps that you can do are simple. Number one, the pain ends when the giving begins. Okay? A person that's lonely is caught up in their own shit. They're caught up in themselves. They're caught up in the world revolving around them. And they're so deep into their feelings they can't see anybody else so the first step to get out of that toxic bubble and out of that pain is to go give one of the ways that i used to do this is i used to and i still do this today is i'll go around and just do small acts of service of kindness to people and when they're not expecting especially if i feel like shit okay like if i'm feeling really down i'm gonna go downtown i'm gonna take some change with me and i'm gonna go fill up some parking meters And That little movement right there, it can be a little bit difficult to get started, but going through it, what ends up happening is you start feeling grateful. Put a quarter in this one, put a quarter in this one, and you know that nobody's going to know that you did it, so you're doing it authentically, and you're doing it from a place of compassion and truth and positivity. And That in itself right there is one small step that pulls you away from the rut of loneliness and towards people and towards relationships and towards feeling better. Okay, then the next thing is simply just identifying a few people that come to mind. Like if I sit, if I say sit down and think of somebody right now that you care about, you can automatically think of somebody. And whether you've talked to them recently or not, like I just thought of a guy I haven't talked to in like three years just now, just by saying that. Mm -hmm. When that idea comes to mind, you can just act on it and reach out to that person unconditionally. Hey, man, I just want to say what's up. I was thinking about you. You know how cool that text is to get?
1: Hopefully, you got a text? Cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's great, but in order to get you have to give
1: mm-hmm.
0: this was an uh, this was a uh, i I didn't used to get messages from people telling me they were thinking about me, okay, now it happens periodically, not all the time, but it happens I have a, I can think of one guy right now he he sends me stuff a couple times a year, right but it's it started because I started giving. And I started investing into my relationships. And so, a person that is feeling lonely, the first step is to give into those around you, and then just be patient. You know, be patient. Just keep giving and keep giving, and eventually, some of that ripples back to you. That's my advice, and something that's tactical that somebody could do to stop feeling so lonely and by themselves.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, though, because another thing to to parse apart, to pick apart in this episode, I guess, is too, is like. I've done I've done shit like that in the past for sure when I get like really deep into something like one of the first things I do is I basically start trying to check in with everybody else but in like an inadvertent cry for help basically you know and and I know that people can like sniff that out so it's continuing to do that when you're not in the, the bottom of that cycle too might help you stay out of it first of all, but, um, yes, but I think that was, that was kind of one of the points we wanted to get into with this episode too, is there are things you can do all the time. You know, they're, they're all year long, year round practices to just kind of help yourself stay emotionally stable. Um, what about just trying to stop yourself from lashing out in those huge moments of, grief in those huge moments of depression you know some like life-altering devastating tragic thing happens um yeah making sure that that doesn't like backfire on you and you just go and start like you know threatening yourself or doing all this wild shit that can just really make it worse for everyone
0: yeah well you said something interesting you said what do you do to keep yourself from losing control or whatnot right emotionally out having an outburst I actually encourage people to go have an outburst. I encourage it. Yeah. You know, like if I'm feeling, I'll tell you something. I, you know, I got back on, uh, what was it? Monday? Is it, yeah, it was Monday, I think. Tuesday. No, Tuesday. I got back Tuesday. I went for a run. On my run, I was thinking about the event. I was thinking about, you got to think, When I was coaching and teaching and training people at that event, in order to make, to get through to them, I had to go to places inside of myself that I am not proud of and that I am not excited to go back into, okay? I had to go into the darkness inside of me because if I'm going to connect with somebody, I have to go there myself, okay? And so I did that for the entire event. And so when I, when I got back here to Kansas, I was still processing all the stuff that we went into from this last weekend. And I went out on my run and out of nowhere, I started getting emotional. Like I'm on a run and I'm getting emotional. Like tears are coming down my face. Okay. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And I was like confused. And, and I started, so immediately I said, okay, what am I thinking about? I did an audit. What are the images that I'm holding in my mind? And I started going through that and observing it. And instead of like trying to hold them back, I saw it as an opportunity just to let it go. (laughs) So picture big old tub (laughs) Jeremiah running down the road, you know, tears flying from his face as he's running down, thinking of everything that happened from the weekend. Okay. Um, I just let it go, man. And so that was the right place and the right time for me. It was a great opportunity because I commanded my emotions. I started to feel it and I said, This is a good spot. I'm going to do this right now. Boom, let it release. And it, it, it exhausted me. It took it out of me. I got back to the house and I've been kind of out of it ever since. Right. But I feel better. I feel more clear. I feel more cleansed. Well,
1: uh, what if it hadn't been the right time in the right place? What if that emotion hadn't overcome you on a run, but it overcame you in the middle of a seminar that you were teaching, you know, in the it's middle happened. of a Conquer quest?
0: It's happened twice. I had two motions. So actually, actually, maybe more than that. But even prior to that, that actually after that run, I was on a phone call with somebody. I was talking business and talking about you know talking shop and stuff. And something we said struck a chord. It was not the right, the the most professional place for me to have a freaking breakdown, but I did. And in that moment. I just accepted it and I just allowed what was in me to come through and I released from the judgment of it. Now, did I capitalize on it in that moment? No, not so much. I didn't say, Hey, I'm going to, this, I'm going to go. Cause I'm like this, who knows how long this could go for. It could be 30 seconds right. or it could be, it could be 30 <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? So I, I just allowed it to come through and Well, the person was on the phone. I just excused myself. I said, Hey, like, you didn't have to just give me a second to collect myself. I wasn't expecting this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I just let it go. And then all of a sudden, I got myself back. And the person was happy that I didn't just like close off the phone. They were like, Hey, man, I really appreciate you doing that with me right here. You know, I really respect you for that. And I was like, Bro, that was like unusual for me, just by the way. You know, and he's like, No, I get it. You know, And so that was that happened. And then additionally, there was a different type of emotion that came out. I was speaking and presenting to about 50 people and I'm on a Zoom call and I'm telling my story and I get into this area of my story that I hate going to. And immediately when I got to that point, I'm like 10 or 15 minutes into my talk, I can't think or see anything else other than the experience in of the memory that I was thinking about. I was locked. My mind was like locked in a loop. It was like this traumatic thing that I was just going through, this like combat thing that happened. Okay. And so my point is, is like I zoned out and it was com- like not appropriate for me to, uh, embrace that emotion and just like let that emotion take over the entire event. But I li- literally could not break away from it. So I just accepted it and I just let it happen in front of people. And when it, after it happened, I collected myself, I was still alive. I didn't close off the call. Everybody was like, they checked on me. Hey, you good? And I was like, no, I just told them, I said, I'm not good. Yeah. I go, you know, I told them, I said, Hey, normally that doesn't happen to me. I've told my story over and over and over again. This is a one-off, but, um, I literally can't construct a sentence right now that has anything to do with like what I'm teaching you guys about. Okay. And I was like, you guys got to excuse me again. Or, You know, not, I didn't say again, but you got to excuse me. And they were supportive and they told me and I just, you know, I was a little bit embarrassed and whatnot, but I, I just stayed on the call for a minute, gathered myself and then let everybody know that I was going to take off. And then I, I came back in the next call and I explained and I, um, but I just owned it is my point, you know? And I think that the problem rises when that, situation happens and then you beat yourself up for it afterwards you know you beat yourself up about it or in the moment you're like oh this is embarrassing this is stupid I can't do this I can't I can't I can't I can't and it just gets worse with that attitude you know I think for me it's just about being detached from judgment just allowing myself to be detached from judgment because that's really what the fear is is how are other people going to perceive me in this moment if i'm losing it you know i don't know if that's helpful but that's where my
1: yeah went. yeah um communication skills play a role into that too quite a bit don't they like the better you can kind of in terms of like preparedness for when these things inevitably happen in your life um being good at you're good at communicating for the most part and uh, <laughs> and um And just having that ability, I think that's something else that a lot of people have lost nowadays to, first of all, just be honest about it, um, which is something I think I've gotten pretty good at just trying to reflect on myself in the middle of this podcast. But, you know, (laughs) it just pisses me off. I hate anything that's like socially normal. That's just like a random fun fact about me. And um, I'm one of those guys that every time someone like walks by me in the office, like, hey, how you doing? I'll like sarcastically answer with anything but good because I don't want to say the same fucking thing everybody else says when they're asking them. And then they start asking me like, oh, my God, why are you doing terrible? I'm like, I'm not. I just wanted to shake up your day a little bit. But um, (laughs) anyway, I got sidetracked there.
0: It's like, you know,
1: people do that, right? It's like a lot of us feel like garbage. And then we go to work or we go home from work or wherever it is. And people are like, hey, how are things going? And we're like, oh, they're going fine, I guess. Or the fucking, the worst one. Eh, things are busy. You know, I fucking hate yeah. busy. Because busy has yeah. become such a cop out for just yeah. like everything for people now. It's almost like I don't care how I feel as long as I'm doing something, you know. And it's rough. So being able to communicate with people was my point, you know. And actually talk these things out. And um also excuse yourself you know, kind of like what you were talking about, like, that's a hard fucking thing for people to do.
0: Yeah. You got it. In order to do it, you got to be vulnerable, right? You got to yeah. put yourself out there and risk the judgment that's going to come. And that takes courage. Now, everybody's going to be a little bit different, but I, I find that uh, sometimes you have, sometimes you can express yourself fully. Sometimes you're mm-hmm. kind of struggling with expressing yourself. So if you're in a situation where you're feeling some type of way, negative way and you're getting caught in the moment and you feel like you're trying to explain to people what's going on with you You don't owe everybody a full explanation mm-hmm. you know one of my favorite things i just tell them i got something going on like i don't have the words for it right now i just got something going on man right. uh and that allows me a little bit of breathing room to kind of figure out what the hell it is that i'm feeling and then go through that you know um feelings can they can make you or break you you know they really can they you know the reason you feel a certain way is because you, you, you something is happening that you can't necessarily control the way that it's going to make you feel, right? Like, right. like for example, um, criticism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when you get criticism about something, if you're insecure about it, it's going to make it's going to trigger you and make you feel like shit. And that for me has been one of the hardest areas to teach myself how to emotionally control as well. You know, like I can, if I ever feel like I'm coming up short, that's a big one for me. If I ever feel like I'm not meeting somebody else's expectations, like my goal is always be as authentic as I can be. Like whoever I show up on as online, and that person meets me in real time, I'm the same person, you know? And inside of that, if there's ever, uh, I meet somebody and there's some criticism that I'm not the same person, like something like that will really, really... Uh, upset me you know or if I'm underperforming according to my own expectations it kind of goes back to the burden of command but my point is is that there are certain things in your life that are going to trigger you and they're going to trigger the way that you feel Mm -hmm. and you don't have you don't have the ability like if you're triggered you're triggered right it's what you do after you're you're triggered that matters so can you turn it around after you're triggered like can somebody give me critiques criticism Make me stri- like strike something that I'm insecure about, and then can I feel it, welcome it, and then turn that whole thing around so that I'm not, you know, beating myself up for multiple days or whatnot, right? Like I think that portion of emotional control is important of of feeling a way, and then finding a way to turn it around, you know.
1: Do you, have you uh, have been, do you run into more issues with that ever since your uh, social media presence has been? much larger.
0: Uh, I typically when people meet me they they find that I'm, a, I'm very down to earth is usually what they, the common thing they're like, dude, I didn't realize how like down to earth you are, you know? So I don't know if I just show up very seriously on social <laughs> media and that's the disconnect or if people just forget that I'm a human, but, um, you know, which I'm working on. I'm trying to be more robotic these days, you know, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't happen a ton. It just, the thing here's the, here's, I mean, it happened to me recently. Like I strive for excellence. I strive for perfection. I strive for greatness. And when you're, when you, when you do that, you have a reputation around it. And so people expect you to be that way. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just myself, like I expect myself to be that way. And so if I come up short in any area, uh, I feel, I internally feel like I'm not amounting to what I said I would, even though like, here's an example, like maybe I would crush it. And be a 10 out of 10. um, If I was tackling one task. But if I'm doing seven and I got other life shit going on that I'm not really broadcasting and talking about because nobody's like, it's not relevant. And I got, but I'm a human, I got shit going on. So I got seven things going on, plus I got personal stuff going on in my life. And all of a sudden, my performance drops from a 10 down to an eight. And everybody sees it. Like, they don't think, oh, he must have some stuff going on. They're just like, oh, he fucking, that's just how he is, right? And um, for me, I just, I try to, I try to not take that stuff so personal and just try to get better from it and just realize that I'm not perfect. And I just have to keep, um, I just have to leave myself room for error and come and become better from the, some of that, some of that, the, some of those issues that, or some of that, uh, not issues, but through that, that friction, through that growing pain, through that disappointment.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's just in short, no, it doesn't happen a ton with social media. I would say the biggest thing that happens with social media is that when people meet me, they're just really surprised <laughs> how approachable I am.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Actually, that I can believe. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like I had a guy at the movie theater. I was like getting some, I was in Colorado Springs and I went to go get some popcorn, <laughs> right? Which is like Jeremiah eats popcorn. Yeah. I just eat fucking like <laughs> you know bullets. Yeah, <laughs> you know I don't know. A bowl <laughs> but of I had nails like, for
1: breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like
0: I was getting, uh, I was getting some popcorn and like from me and my wife. And I'm standing in line. And after I get it, some guy approaches me. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, "Hey man, are you are you Jeremiah Solvent? And I yeah. was like, "Yeah." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Oh dude, I listen to all your stuff. I follow you on social. Man, this is so cool." And he was like, blown away. That uh, I was in line getting popcorn, because of the movies, <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like, "This is wild," but it was cool. I, you know, got to like shake fix his it, hand. You like trying off.
1: to walk back in your movie with your fucking like Swedish fish and your cookie dough and your large Pepsi, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And, you know, it's like Liver King Light in the movie theater, you know. <laughs> but um, fuck, man. By the way, the magic number is like three or four times after you meet Jeremiah, like the fourth time you start to you start to get comfortable, like having sugar around him again. That's what I, I did. still
0: judge when you get like <laughs>
1: if you drink your food in front of me. I was still judging you. Dude. I was so glad. I was so glad you had such an early flight on the last day because you're already gone by the time I got my food. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, man, I slip up. I slip up. I just uh, like what I have recently that I can confess to. Um <laughs> Well, you got, I've talked about my ice cream obsession, which I haven't done in a while. I've talked about that on here before. Um, Oh, I've been overdoing it on these granola bars in my brother's closet, my brother's cabinet. (laughs) He's got these like the chewy granola bars. Yeah. I've been in there. I think I had four of them the other night, (laughs) Uh, like back to back. You know what
1: I mean? You're going to make people feel so bad about themselves because you're like the worst thing I've ever done. Is eating four granola bars in the same line. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, a, I, that's not the worst. I'm just pointing out something recently. So
0: actually, one of the things about me is that if I'm like like super keyed up and I'm like, um, I'll like like call it stress, I guess, but emotionally eat. You know, hmm. like I will, I'll overeat sometimes when I'm like keyed up and I'm working towards something. That's a big thing for me. So, you know, you got to be aware of that. You know, that's actually why they put popcorn in movies. Is because the movie stirs a Just person's emotion. Yeah. It, yep. And it stresses them out. It releases cortisol, and that stress it creates energy inside of you. And so they wanted to give you a place to ex- express that energy, and they had you bite, They've created popcorn, and all of a sudden now you're eating popcorn, being a consumer on top of watching the movie. Yeah. I feel where I learned that, but anyway. Yeah, that's really um, interesting. Yeah, everything everything in society is a business plan. Okay, though. so
1: that's that's the. Uh that's the lesson of the whole podcast if you're feeling stressed the fuck out just like eat a shit ton of popcorn because yeah that's what it's there for i, I mean i guess just to recap on everything is um
0: we talked a little bit about some different ways that you're gonna lose emotional control right we're gonna we mm-hmm. talked about criticism might be a thing that does it a death in the family that might do, might do it um shoot i don't know failure might even do it yeah. to you but I, I, you know, getting caught in your feelings, like being in a loop of your feelings, is never a good thing. Right. So how do you get yourself out of it? I think the gratitude thing is huge. Mm-hmm. The yeah. relationship thing is huge. Now, everybody here is striving to get better. Every listener is striving to get better at all times. One of the sim- like the most simple thing that you can do to improve your relationships is just make it part of your lifestyle. You know, to break, make it part of your lifestyle before you're in the funk. You know, like start today. Start today by texting somebody every single day. Or what I, for me personally, what I do is I use food as my trigger to build relationships. So the best way to build a habit is to stack it on top of another habit, right? It's the easiest way to do Mm -hmm. it. It's a a trigger that will remind you to do the thing. So for me, when I eat, I think about other people. I, I started that during a deployment, actually. It was a way that we got through the deployment was we went to went to the meals, we went to the to the and we made a rule that we weren't allowed to talk about work. We were just there for each other. And what I found through that was, um, you know, some 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 peace. You know, you you got yourself to mentally relax about work and kind of decompress a little bit. And so I kept that, and I work towards it all the time. So food for me is an indicator, a trigger to reach out to other people. Um, additionally if somebody wants a challenge super thing super easy thing that you can do start your day by expressing gratitude okay write in your journal what you're grateful for not like like things that you really feel grateful for Mm -hmm. if it's your coffee that morning say your coffee yeah okay but like you feel it and then list three people that you give forgiveness to like forgive three mm. people. Okay. So what this will do is it'll put you in an even deeper state of gratitude, a deeper state of caring. And what will end up happening is you'll release yourself from some of the emotional uh, baggage that you're carrying around. Right. It's, a, it's when you, when you forgive somebody, you're basically emotionally releasing right. from that bondage. And it's tough. Forgiveness is very, very tough, but it's very, very freeing. And that's something that's simple that anybody can do. There you have it. Is that it for today? I've I got think, more stuff. Is that it? I
1: think that's about it. You know, the only thing, you know, the last thing, I I don't know how to work it into the conversation, but I thought it would come up a little bit more is how to deal with grief um, okay. in particular, which I think is what most of this comes from. I think that uh, that grief kind of is that trigger is always some variation of grief you know, that people are, are usually dealing with. And so let me put it this way is, uh, is I think it has to do with bringing yourself back to reality. Um, when you're going through a time of grief, because grief, as I've learned, it is the space between the picture that you had for what was going to happen, you know, or what your life was going to look at. And then the reality of what is, you know, like 10 times out of 10, that describes grief. So do you ever find yourself in that spot? Um, just trying to just trying to bring yourself back to the reality of something that is after you've lost someone that you thought would be around for a while, or uh, I don't know, you lose a job, you lose a fucking limb. I wrote that down in our notes. You know, is something that could trigger them. They're all they're all tied into that same thing. Is like dealing with, hey, my life is different now. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing that is causing the feeling in that scenario, the feeling of loss is the meaning attached to the loss, right? So if you lose an arm or a leg, typically, or you see this with people that go through injuries,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, why did this happen to me? Yeah, Why did this happen to me? And they get hung up on that. And that becomes this cycle inside of themselves of just, you know, deep meaning of pain, you know, it's just, it's just, they're just stuck on it. So, At some point, there has to be a silver lining. There has to be a change in belief system tied to the thing. Okay. Um, Now, when it comes to grief, a couple of things that help me is like, it's helpful if you can develop a process that works for you. You know, if I lose somebody, it always hurts. You know, but what I immediately do is I think about them. I think about the good things that they brought me. I I think about the good things in the relationship. And then I think about all the people that I still have in my life, Hmm. and then I reach out to those people. I invest into my current living relationships, okay? And then I try to make an impact within the family that lost somebody. Like I'll send them a note or something like that. That helps, that's my process, okay? But when it comes to um, maybe uh, losing somebody and feeling like they were taken too early or having a hard time just with death in general. You know, what's helped me the most is studying death and creating a, uh, I, I just don't, I believe that everyone is immortal. I believe that we're an energy. And so when there is a passing, the spirit continues to move on in some form and here's, why, here's what I mean by that. When you were born, you were put into a body. Energy came into your body and the body materialized. Okay? <clears throat> and when you died, you know, when people say you die, they feel like they lost you. But the reality is, is, even when you're not conscious, when your body is just like looks empty, your energy is still like there. You're not dead. Like you're still moving, like your skin particles are vibrations, you know? Everything about you is in is an energy that's moving, your whole physical body. So people are like, oh, he's dead, he's gone. No, 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 he's like, you're still there. There's just, you're just deteriorating across time. Your energy is being transferred. And then what ends up happening, that body stays there and it it crumbles and it turns into skeleton, turns into dust. So there's a process after somebody dies, but really what that process is, is not somebody dying per se. It's it's a transfer of energy. So, you know, but my I'm not trying to say that everybody like to believe what I believe about death and energy and all this shit. What I'm saying is the thing that helped me is to think about my relationship with death. Mm-hmm. And to study that. And there's people I guarantee there's somebody out there that has. A belief system about death that you can relate to, that anybody could relate to. You just have to find that person. You're like, you know what? I can get behind that. You ever met like a pastor that like they're like excited when somebody dies? They're like, Hallelujah! They're like, I've heard, I've seen this before. I've seen like, you know, you know, d- different religious figures. Like being excited when somebody dies, like he's gone to heaven, hell yeah! Like I got a relative mm-hmm. that's like very enthusiastic when somebody passes. He's like, good for him, God bless, man. Let's all right, All right. And I was just like, when you hear that for the first time, you're like, what the hell? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a di- he just has a different belief system about death. Yeah. So I would recommend to somebody that's maybe grieving and dealing with those type of emotions, is to study it, study death itself, and you could you could study this with any subject, you know. Anytime I always teach my clients this, I always teach my clients that if they have a problem or a challenge in their life, make that their Mm self-study. Like if you're, if you're struggling with fear, study the word fear, go watch a bunch of YouTube videos on fear, study the opposite of fear. What's the opposite of fear? Courage. Or like, here's one you're struggling with procrastination. What's the opposite of procrastination? Take a guess. You want to take a guess
1: (laughs) on procrastination.
0: action It's decision. Okay. It's decision decision because procrastination happens from indecision. So if you know that you're procrastinating, well, you can either sit there and beat yourself up about procrastinating or you can study it, learn that the opposite is decision and start making some decisions to move forward. Right. Simple. Just, these are like little small things that people can do that have profound results on your life. If you were to adopt them and bring them in
1: nice so,
0: well a hey, great episode today i think it may have well been
1: the best one we've ever done
0: the best one we've ever done well ladies and gentlemen hey guys gals um appreciate you guys tuning in as always you know i really am appreciative of you guys i, I do i think about the people that have supported our mission the people that have supported you know just me from the beginning to be honest like It's just unconditional support is just so rare and it's so um great to have. And so anyways, I know I know I'm giving you guys value and Justin's giving you guys values and I I just want to say thank you guys so much for all the support. And um if you if you found this useful, maybe you got somebody that's going through something emotionally. Maybe you got somebody that's uh having a tough time and wants to learn more about emotional control or emotional command and control. If you want to call it that. This would be a great one to send them, okay? So Think about today's lessons. And if you and if you were going through something, remember, give yourself that light at the end of the tunnel. Find yourself a platform, a place to go ahead and release and, and just allow your emotions to flow through you and where and direct them where you want them to go. You know, don't, don't carry that around because uh, it's not gonna take you to a great place if, if you don't. All right. So that's what I got for you guys today. Appreciate y'all listening. Share the show if you found it valuable see you on the next one be the leader motivation. Motivation. every day i try a little harder but my dedication uh. Keep my head way, way above the water Cry myself when I yell at the wall Begging to run, but I needed to crawl I see the finish line up ahead Trying to get traction from all of this tread I am a king, I am a queen I am more than the people can see I am strong when I'm needing to be Vulnerability's nothing to me You can try, but I'm unshakable My successes is never debatable I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable You gotta go hard, better get it